Hi, this is Cruz Saunders, and I'm at the LavaCon conference with Nas Urbina of Urbina Consulting, and very, very, very glad to be sitting with him because he is uh, one of the the leaders in the space and a, a terrifically accomplished uh, consultant who's worked with a wide variety of clients in, in, in and around content engineering, content strategy, and, uh, and, and large content projects. And Nas, uh, can you just give us a quick background on on how you got into the space and and what you've been busy with the last uh, the last couple of years. Okay, so uh, my background has been about fourteen years in large scale and uh, enterprise projects. So I got into this really because uh, I, I got birthed directly into the world of what we call structured content. And that was about a bit of an accident, actually. I just joined the right company at the right time, who, when I was just out of university, put me straight in front of uh, Nokia and um, Panasonic and uh, major manufacturers around the world. So that was quite an opportunity, which kind of dropped me into the deep end uh, to learn about what the cutting-edge projects were doing. And since then, I have uh, made it through various uh, commercial and technical roles to settle down in, uh, in a consultancy role where I'm helping organizations find uh, their strategy, unifying the, what users need, what the organization is trying to do, and the, the technical underpinnings. So that's why I, I move pretty, pretty easily between the worlds of content strategy, content engineering, and so on. It, it it's a, a lot of perspective that you get when you're coming in from the outside into these organizations and seeing some of the dysfunction, uh, especially in large organizations with disparate content teams and and uh, lots of different versions of unstructured content and lots of different versions of structured content. And sometimes they're not all meeting and matching. And I'd love to hear some of your perspectives of messy environments you've walked into in the past and and can you just kind of give us a sense of of the shape of the dysfunction that you've seen in in the organizations that 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 have invited you in uh i get i get a tidal wave of of bad memories when you ask that question so the the first word that comes to my mind is fragmentation in the sense that the organization has messages that they want to bring out into the into the world and they have content that they want to deliver however uh, because of the silos within the organization what ends up happening is these messages are duplicated and varied so then there's an evolution which is allowed to happen uh, with the content because there's no overall governance there's no common structures and there's no validation of uh, of the content so what happens is that you've got um, training and sales and technical communications and marketing, all with their kind of variant of uh, of the of the corporate messages. Uh, if you have, I worked a lot in product companies, so semiconductors and medical devices, pharmaceuticals, and you have you will have um, the source information coming from deep within the organization, and that gets cleaned up for public consumption, and then put out into commercial and post-sales information. What happens is that uh, when you go public, uh, that's when most of the review and cleanup happens. Because uh, you don't want to you know, misrepresent during the sales process, and if you're in the post-sales process, you might get sued 
you know, if you have inaccurate facts or, or uh, some sort of uh, problems with the content going out uh, in the post-sales official documentation. What often happens is, so we catch the, is that we catch the errors there, and those errors are never fed back up upstream. So next time there's an iteration of the product, or next time there's a variant of the product, or next time someone wants to create a new document, they often go back to the source, which was never reviewed with the same rigor as the stuff that went public. So that same error will get repeated back out in this new deliverable. And you just repeat as many times as you iterate on your product. Mm. Uh, so that's one of, the, one of the more common ones that I've seen. Uh, and that's really, that's really deeply ingrained in organizations. I would say that uh, as many times as I've seen it, it has been very, very few of my clients who are actually able to break down the silos enough to really address it. And and how are these organizations structured to create dysfunction, <laughs> if that makes sense? So what structures are the are these tech com teams that are isolated in, in in one group, not just not communicating with the yesterday organization, or are, are are there are there good structures badly staffed, or what what kind of shape of the dysfunction is allowing? Uh, bad habits to perpetuate in in the in the business. Um, well, there's a there's a general conflict with the way that most organizations are built, and and good content fundamentally. So this is, doesn't have to do with tech comms at all. Um, you know, I've done a lot of tech comms work in my life, but this is not a tech comms problem. It's an organizational problem that comes from the idea that we organize con uh, we organize people into departments and hierarchical trees. So you have the CEO, they have their their immediate um, executive vice presidents and managers, then they have their managers under them, and so on and so on, like a Christmas tree. But the thing is that the client's experience traverses the entire bottom of the Christmas tree. The client doesn't care where uh, in the organization content came, uh, was sourced. They care about getting the answers or getting the perspective or getting the knowledge that they wanted. They want to know if they should buy, they want to know what the benefits are, they want to know how to, to use something they've just bought, uh, they don't want to want an, get an answer about a problem they're having, and so on and so on. So our different kingdoms which we create within the organization are relevant to their needs. So this conflict is, uh, I think, fundamental to the problem because content should be um, a cross-silo thing because it affects user experience, which is cross-silo thing. But KPIs and budgets are done in silos. So there, it's, it's often uh, difficult to get the, the funding and the attention and the support for an initiative which cuts across various divisions of the organization. Mm. I, I, love, I love that cross-silo talk. Uh, it's, uh, it's near and dear to my heart. How do you make it happen? How do you make cross-silo conversations happen structurally? Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm vividly aware that I'm just doom and gloom so far. Uh, where I have seen positive things happening is when we've actually worked our way up to the org chart to at least the executive level, uh, you know, executive vice president or the CEO level, and they have become impassioned about the customer experience and connected that back properly, um, usually with a lot of our help, to content. So we've come and said, this is not a content problem. This is not a this team problem or a that team problem. This is a customer problem, and this is, a, uh, therefore, a revenue problem. So you need to support us in championing, championing 
a horizontal group which is going to be cross-functional and govern this. So I always come back to, you know, the, the word governance is, is one of the most accurate and appropriate terms in our industry. Uh, it does, it is exactly that. It is a government. So when you have a government, you have various um, regions and, and states who all have a say. Uh, however, there is a, is a hierarchy and there's an, you know, an eventual endpoint where someone gets to make decisions and there is a parliament or a, you know, a senate uh, and that committee is uh, cross-functional and multifunctional and comes together to decide these things which impact various areas of the business. The organizations that have actually put that in place with high-level manager or executive or even CEO level support, they've actually made progress on breaking down the boundaries and sharing. Wow, I, I just I couldn't agree more. And it, it's interesting, I see this thought permeating our space with, you know, Jack Molisani here at LavaCon was talking about the United Nations of content, this sort of big committee group. And, uh, in, in a talk this morning, I was talking about the digital management office, you know, essentially a, a, a permanent fixed entity that will help to contain content strategy and engineering uh, f uh, practices for an organization, help to, to, to steward intelligent content. Um, and, and, and it's interesting you talk about the CEO needing, or at least a key executive, somebody with fiat or power needing to be involved because so much of the content asset is cross-functional value, right? It's not something that marketing does by themselves or IT does by themselves. Um, uh, what would you say would be a distinguishing factor for, uh, uh, you know, uh, factors that make forward-leaning organizations successful? What is it that makes digital customer experience management actually something that can that can take hold in an organization and become a real effect in the world? Is it, um, what kind of traits of organizations that succeed do you see? Uh, so I think first and, first and foremost, an organization that is going to be digitally progressive and therefore be able to uh, actualize change is customer centricity. So an organization who is focused around the customer will see that uh, their customer experience is affected by, by digital contact points across various silos. And they will therefore investigate that and hopefully invest in that. An organization which is internally focused and is focused on their own efficiency, their own KPIs, and worst of all, simply maintaining their own status quo because it, they feel that it's working for them, uh, will not see the point. They simply will not understand the problem and therefore not address it. I think that um, you need to go high enough that you can get someone with the authority and credibility to tell two departments you have to work together. You need to both take a couple people and require that a percentage of their time is spent on building this bridge and maintaining this bridge. I, I think it works best when they you start a few departments at a time. I, I actually advocate against uh, going for enterprise-wide digital integration and transformation projects because they get too big. The United Nations of content is a great term, but it's, it's a very hard thing to put in place. It 
you know, the United Nations took us hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of years to establish in the real world. I think it'll take a similar amount of time in an organization. I suggest partnership with a few related departments that happen to have the right champions who understand each other and work well together. Build upon that base and spread it wider over time. That makes a lot of sense. Where should where should somebody who sees this vision? Uh, they're not the CEO. They can't mandate a giant digital transformation project, but they need to get started. Where do they start? Ooh, it depends on they. You know, who are they? Are you talking about a middle manager? You're talking about um, a junior executive? You're talking about someone who is a content developer? It's a- well, let's let's for this scenario pick somebody that's uh, that's in uh, tech comms, and they are. Uh, at, uh, at least a manager level, and they've got uh, a lot of writers that, that they work with. So they're they're uh, they're essentially a Lavacan attendee, and they've got uh, a, a a real e- interest in structured content and in and in governance of standards and in uh, maintaining um, the ease of transferability of their content to different formats and publication vehicles, channels. But they can't do it alone, and they don't have the fiat to make it happen by themselves. How does that manager, they've got writers, but how do they they start the conversation with with these other other partners that you talked about in the enterprise? I'm, I'm, you know, I advocate the idea. There's no one, one solution for these things. I would say that, given your description, the first thing to do would be to try to get out and make this a user problem. As I said earlier, go do surveys, uh, do user site visits, and I'm assuming if you're a manager with a number of staff below you, you can probably get your hands on a couple of users. It's very difficult for an individual author to do that, but if you're, you know, if you're a team leader with uh, 20, 30 people under you, you should be able to get your hands on a client. Um, if you can't even do that, then you have, you have another challenge. That's an internal structural positioning of content and the value of content. You have to then sell internally the idea that your, your content is customer facing. So the rest of the organization needs to give you customer access so you can do your job. So one way or another, either, either directly because you can, or indirectly after you've jumped that hurdle, uh, you get your hands on some customers and you find out. What are their needs? You find out uh, how they would like to consume content. You discuss other other platforms that they use, other uh, solutions that they have that they touch in their business that are delivering content in a different way, which may be more advanced than yours. And you ask them to comment on those relative experiences. How do you feel about the fact that this solution provides you information this way, whereas we're we're still providing it like this? Uh, and you take that and you you turn those qualitative comments into quantitative numbers. And you say that these are based on all the questions that we asked in our site visits. These are what people said do as percentages. And, and um, you take some choice quotes because you'll probably get them. Uh, take some choice quotes and slap them on top of your graphs. Take that back internally and say, and say this deserves further investigation because we've got a problem here. But uh, this is all we know now. And I can't, in my spare time as a manager keep my business as usual going and give this the attention it deserves. So 
we need to do something new. We need to start an initiative of investigation and analysis to properly address this issue, which is lurking under the surface. I love it. The, the customer centrist, centricity message that you're, you're, you're advocating is uh, both a key to understanding a content strategy, it sounds like, but also a key to understanding an organizational narrative on funding these projects. And, and so how, when you talk about storming the castle, which you did earlier today, um, what, what's the, the short version of that presentation <laughs> for, 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 for storming the castle? How, how do we get there? I think you just gave us part of that answer. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I, so you, the question was, how do you get started? The first thing you do is try to find out what, what the actual market requirement is. Um, but so if you want the fundamental summary of my, uh, my presentation is it's not about you. That's my, my point, my whole talk in a, in a sentence, the manager, uh, at, even at, you know, even at the middle level, you know, with a couple of, uh, managers under them has to remember it's about customers. It's about what the business is trying to accomplish. If you are selfless and empathetic, then you will get the right um, mix of business and user goals to get traction with the rest of the organization. If you cannot break down silos with a self-interested agenda, you know, that's, I, that's, it should be self-evident, but it's amazing how many people show up and say, I've got a business case. I've proven that my users need this and therefore you should fund us. Uh, that's not going to break down any yes, silos. Yeah, of course. It's, a lot of people think that way. It's incredibly, it's incredibly easy to say, uh, you know, be customer centric and, and selfless. It's it's very difficult in practice. So I spent a lot of time helping organizations get out of their own heads. That's that's wonderful. I think that's a perfect coda to leave it at. Uh, uh, the the customer centric approach to uh, approaching taking the next step with with digital transformation. It starts some very, very, very simple actions that anybody in the organization can take, even if they don't have a huge staff or huge budget. And I think you've given our listeners a path, a path forward, and that's, that's beautiful. Where can people learn more about your work? Can you tell us a little bit about your book, where to find it, and, and uh, where we can find you online? So the book uh, site is thecontentstrategybook.com. Uh, the book title is Content strategy connecting the dots between business brand and benefits and uh, you can find out about me on my website urbinaconsulting.com i especially recommend my events page which uh, has links to everywhere i'm going to be and and where i have been in the past which will often uh, uh, get you connected to presentations and videos recordings podcasts and so on and my blog is also there that's a good good way to learn about me and um I think I've done a good job about showing up on Google. For example, if you Google the, ter the words adaptive content, I've managed to be the, um, the top three hits in different forms. And uh, get, get in touch, actually. Uh, this LavaCon talk about storming the castle, I'm starting a, a bit of an agony ant thing where you can write in and, and talk to me about your management, management challenges and how you've struggled to get an initiative uh, up through the org chart. And I'm happy to give back a response as long as you're happy for me to post it on my blog uh, and uh, help you and, and hopefully help other people in the community move content initiatives forward. I love it. Well, thank you for all you do in this space and, and your great work, Nas. My pleasure. Thank you very much.
Chris, for having me.